Blog Talk Radio. Monday, April the 27th, 2015, and as always, I'm your host, John Hansen, and as we do each and every Monday at the same time over the same virtual airwaves of the Blog Talk Radio Network, we bring to you Buyer's Meeting Point, Kelly Barner, who will share with us news from the world of procurement, of course, including that sharing, as we often say, a guest audio, and this week, David Hunt, Senior Manager of Risk Analytics and Indicators at IHS, applies the Social Media Intelligence Gathering specifically to security and risk concerns. So it should be a very, very thing, 15 minutes. So without further delay, here's Kelly Barner. Thank you, John. This is the Buyer's Meeting Point weekly update for April 27th through May 1st, 2015. This week's best webinar topics include independent contractors and freelancers, opportunity analysis, and motivating and leading change. My first recommendation this week is from Sourcing Interest Group and Fieldglass on the next frontier of spend management, independent contractors and freelancers. We think about contingent workforce management as encompassing all of the services required by the enterprise that are not fulfilled by direct employees. But the approach is not one size fits all. Smaller subcategories of services spend are being chipped off and addressed differently as we get deeper visibility into the spend and match it to more appropriate strategies. On Wednesday, Roslyn Analytics presents a webinar on five ways you can deliver new levels of savings through an opportunity analysis. They will showcase five must-do deep dives every organization should be doing with their data on a regular basis. Since we do not know when opportunities will present themselves, Constantly and actively searching increases the chances that procurement will uncover and address them. In procurement, we often engage in deep dives into an ocean of data in the hopes of locating objects that represent the potential for savings and operational improvement. Too often, we take a passive approach, believing that we will recognize opportunities when we see them. This overestimates the visibility we have into historical spend and causes us to navigate, sometimes unknowingly, with obscured vision. My last pick for the week is an inspired choice, defining procurement story to inspire, motivate, and lead change, to be more specific. In this Sourcing Interest Group webinar, Denali Group will look at how procurement can employ storytelling to communicate value and build influence. As they say in the event description, Storytelling is a rapidly growing tool used by top executives as a key method of influence and leadership. Top organizations use storytelling to help define culture and values, create a focused vision for the future, and bring about change. Over the years, procurement has seen unprecedented shifts in its role to drive significant value. But, as procurement professionals, are we telling the right story? This is the event I'm planning to attend this week. Check the Buyer's Meeting Point events calendar for the scheduling and registration links for these events, as well as those coming up. Next week is the 2015 ISM Annual Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. In next week's update, 
I will make some recommendations about which breakout sessions are worth your time and why. For this week's guest audio, I'd like to get another opinion on a topic that I was recently interviewed on by the Coupa blog team, social media and procurement or supply market intelligence. Besides calling me a social media maven, a title I can only hope to live up to, they asked me a number of questions about how procurement can and should be using sites such as Twitter and LinkedIn to gather supply market intelligence. In this audio, David Hunt, Senior Manager of Risk Analytics and Indicators at IHS, applies the social media intelligence gathering approach specifically to security and risk concerns. Let's listen. I think social media is part of a wider domain of big data and analytics. It's a very exciting field. There's lots of great work in that domain at the moment, some really clever people working on these problems and some great new solutions in the market. It's also very confusing. Uh, I think there's a lot of hubris and a lot of um, solutions being put out there which seem to have a lot of potential but leave users frustrated. I think a lot of the um, solutions don't necessarily answer the questions that risk and security uh, professionals are really trying to answer when it comes to strategic decision making. One of the things that we've um, that we found is that there are so many solutions in the market that people are trying to understand, you know, what is a valid answer? What is a good solution? How can you understand whether sentiment, influence, network analysis is actually pertinent to the question that you're trying to uh, answer? One of the real challenges, I think, with social media is that it's not just about one platform. While Twitter and Facebook are clearly very important, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of different social media sites that people are using. If you're trying to understand social unrest in the Middle East or China, it's very likely that the platforms you need to look at are going to be very different. And what's really crucial is understanding the, the context of how groups are using social media and placing it within the, a wider understanding of uh, risks on the ground in those areas. I think many of the first-generation approaches to social media monitoring were very reliant on throwing in a few keywords to a monitoring tool and figuring out what some of the basic trends were. We're really trying to move away from that, uh, that concept. Um, if you're trying to understand how a, a country may move from ostensibly political stability to, to revolution, um, simply monitoring social media for known keywords isn't really going to give you any predictive value. So we've been working on establishing the boundaries of what social media can and can't tell you. I think it's still early days and we're still very much mapping out what, what is valid. Um, but some of the areas that we've been very successful in, in exploring is using social media for uh, enhanced situational awareness of complex, rapidly moving situations on the ground around the world, uh, early warning of uh, emergent risk situations, identifying the um, composition of leaderless, dynamic protest movements, um, measuring the influence of uh, key users and individuals within a, a wider social network, who's important, who should we be monitoring, and also looking at sentiment for particular influences over time. One of the key things that we're trying to do is actually bring these different techniques together. That's where you start to add a lot of value, identifying who's tweeting most prevalently on a topic in a particular city or region, identifying the influences within that group, and then tracking their sentiment and you know, who is really negative or positive on a particular issue. The best intelligence systems combine subject matter expertise, so the country experts who really know what's going on on the ground, with technical expertise, so that's data and network science. We find that the best systems have really symbiotic relationship between these two uh, domains, so a very iterative relationship between the 
uh, the country experts who are asking the right questions, who know the lexicon of groups on the ground in local languages, and then the data scientists tweaking the results and improving them over time. So we think any system has to have both of these domains. It's actually really difficult to get right in practice. Something that's really important as well is how um, social media only ever answers part of the puzzle. And I think um, any system also has to take into account that Twitter or Facebook or any other social media platform is only going to give you a relevant signal some of the time. So it's always going to have to be combined with local knowledge, expertise, and other data sources, including from human sources on the ground. Here's what I like about Hunt's take and what I think makes it so relevant to everyone, in procurement or otherwise, trying to use social media as part of intelligence gathering efforts. He discusses the need to match channels with desired content. Sometimes that is a question of what format we are looking for an answer to come in. Is it text, audio, video, an image? And some platforms are more conducive to searching than others, whether through the use of keywords, indexing and hashtags, or private versus public content, and how that accessibility either helps or hinders the searcher's efforts. The other interesting point Hun makes is about predictive analytics. When we are passively trying to mine for indications of a trend by searching for keywords and phrases, it's hard to know which will have predictive value, as he puts it. Sometimes it is hard to search for something because you don't yet know what you are looking for or what content format it will take. A better, or at least a more predictable approach, is to determine relative influence of organizations and individuals. Who are the people and groups that either have their finger on the pulse of a market or who have some ability to control what direction it will take? In that case, although the trend may remain a mystery until it actually happens, at least you know who to watch for evidence of building action. Do you make use of social media when researching markets, suppliers, or locations? What tricks have you learned for getting to the heart of a market and catching the early signs that something is about to happen so you can take advantage of it? As always, you can share your thoughts on this week's guest audio or recommended events by commenting on today's episode page or by connecting with me directly on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. I will be back next Monday to review upcoming procurement events and share another guest audio excerpt.